2: Hi, this is Kelly from Detroit, Michigan, and when I'm not changing diapers, and no, not mine, I'm stacking Benjamins.
1: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and today we're helping you with retirement because THE Retirement Answer Man, Roger Whitney, is joining us. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to John, who wonders about a stock he recently purchased. Should he hold or sell? In our headline segment, we'll share tips to save money at the grocery store and new ways to make your side hustle pay. And now, two guys who think a side hustle's a crazy new dance they do down at Fat Jack's Bar, Joe and O J J J J G. G, 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 G. <sighs>
0: you ever gone to Fat Jack's? No, no, I don't w- even know what it is. You know what? The second we get I done just, taping I here, just we do are the
3: side hustle in my living room
0: and make sure that the kids see just how awkward dad is.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. where they get it from. <laughs>
0: that's good. This is where this is where your inability to dance comes from, kids lifetime of this hey everybody i'm joe sulci hi average joe money on twitter just so you know which voice is which and across the card table from me back for another triumphant wednesday it's mr og
3: say what hey man i guess we got our dub on the show today
0: R we do how great is that our
3: dub hanging out with mom upstairs
0: hanging out yes uh roger getting ready to come down and uh take over the show here in a little bit do some retirement teaching. We'd leave
3: him another little uh, love note (laughs) like I did last time he was on the show.
0: Remember that? Yes, yes. When when he co-hosted the show recently, you wrote him a note that said, don't get too comfortable. Yep. (laughs) That was great. But you know what you can get comfortable with? You get comfortable getting good answers to two of the most frequent questions we get on the show. You know what those are about, OG? They're about diversification and passive income. What if there were an investment out there that combined both of those Well, it's called real estate. Have you heard of Roofstock? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier to buy, sell, and best of all, own tenant-already-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country. And whether it's your first-time or your seasoned pro, all of Roofstock certified properties are inspected in person so you know they're in good condition to have reliable tenants in place and you can start earning monthly rental income right away. Roofstock even connects you with vetted local property managers so you can separate investing from operations. Best of all, Roofstock certified properties, they're all backed by a 30 day money back guarantee. Roofstock investing made simple. Visit stackybegemons.com forward slash roofstock to learn more about rental home investing and browse exclusive listings today, stackybedjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. We're also brought to you by Magnify Money, because if you want an extra $450 in your pocket, you know how you get there, stackybedjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. We will comparison shop stuff online all stinking day long. We'll drive an extra two miles to save a couple cents on gas. Why wouldn't we comparison shop those tools that we use every day, like our checking account, our savings account, maybe the reward credit card if you pay them all off monthly, or if you're trying to pay less interest to the man, how about a credit card with a lower interest rate that you can balance transfer over to, whether it's student loans, or if you have takeout take out an auto loan, whatever it is, Magnify Money's the place. stackyourbedjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. they make it easy to compare, ditch, switch and save. We're saving you a bunch of money at the grocery store. We're helping you make more money on your side hustle. That's all in the headlines. So let's get to it.
3: Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our Stacking Benjamins Headlines.
0: First headline comes to us from Kiplinger. I I never know if it is a Kiplinger or Kiplinger.
3: Um, I prefer the soft G. Linger? Ling.
0: Linger. You like to linger on the Kiplinger? Uh, This comes to us from Kiplinger, Bob Neat, online editor, and Cameron Huddleston, our friend Cameron, who's been on the show a few times, wrote this, 15 ways to save on groceries without clipping coupons. You've seen them parked in aisle two at your favorite supermarket, the Extreme couponers thumbing intently through box coupons to get 35 cents off Cottonelle. I thought this was great because I can't stand the whole coupon coupon clipping thing. And these were some- So
3: hard to say. Coupon, Coupon. Coupon.
0: Coupon. Coupon clipping deal, but I really like these. Their biggest tip, OG, which I thought was the best tip, choose the right store. Mm. Just one store is going to be cheaper than another all the time. And if you don't like clipping the coupons, just go to the one that is generally always less expensive. And And I thought, man, how do you do that? And they very quickly tell you, listen, just one time, go to one store, buy the same stuff the next time, at the next door. It might cost you a couple extra dollars because you, you know, you got to play test it. But after like three trips to three different stores buying the same stuff, compare the receipts, you got your grocery shopping all the way done and you did your testing. And there it is. And you'll know that, uh, like for, for them as an example, they went to four stores, Wegmans, Giant, Harris Teeter, and Whole Foods. And, of course, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I wonder which one. Uh, put the thumb on the scale a little bit. Okay. I like that.
0: They bought some everyday store-branded items, can of diced tomatoes, jar of pasta sauce, box of dried spaghetti, can of tuna, half-gallon, 1% milk, large container, of plain yogurt, and a dozen eggs and a package of frozen corn. So they did those Wegmans $14.62, Giant fifteen oh three. dollars Harris Teeter $20, bucks, Whole Foods $21. So Wegmans and Giant, boom, boom, very close on the bottom. So go to those two stores instead of the others and you're good. Sounds like basic advice, OG, but who's really done that?
3: Yeah, not me. No. Nope. And you just got, go to whichever store is closest.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You probably have another one that's Pretty darn close to as close as that one, right? And when you're talking 100, 200 dollars in groceries, you know, I mean, those
3: save 10 bucks, it's uh, five or 10
0: percent. Yeah. Uh, Stock up during sales. Cheryl and I began doing this recently. Favorite grocery item has a fixed spot on your weekly shopping list. Double or triple dip when it goes on sale. We did this with chicken. They had a they had at our local grocery store had like this monster pack of chicken. Just bought all these chicken, wrapped them up separately, and uh, froze them all. Number 3. Find alternative to pricey items. Hang on to your seat and circle the most expensive stuff. Then consider lower cost alternatives for those items to rack up real savings on a future trip. Uh, says As an example, take red meat. Doesn't come cheap. Average price per pound for Sherloin steak is $8.52, according to recent figures from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Spend less than half that amount of your protein by going with boneless chicken breast instead. Three twenty one. Now
3: also get half the flavor.
0: T- I was gonna say lost me, just <laughs> completely <laughs> yeah. lost. Completely- Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Cameron, I love you, but I can't go with that one. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. yeah, chicken's fine, but man, give me the steak sometimes. Skip the prepared foods, of course. Uh, Len Penzo's, yeah. Len Penzo's done that. You know, instead of getting the pre-chopped stuff, chop your own. And there's a bunch more here. Check the unit price. I do this one all the time. I learned this one actually from a financial class in high school. Talked about that price per unit. Do you ever do that? No. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you?
3: I do know what you're talking about, but I don't... uh, You just don't? I'm not going to buy 76 pounds of goldfish crackers because I can get it on... One cent per pound cheaper than buying it in the individual package.
0: No, I'm talking about like when you're comparing. I mean, I always do this with paper towels and toilet paper, especially. Like, I can't tell by the price. One is a 62-pack. The other one's an, a 9-pack or whatever. And and you'll often find that the 9-pack, the unit price, you think you get, you know, when you buy in bulk, you get a better price? Sometimes not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not always the case. Uh, look up or down. I like that advice. The grocery store puts all the stuff that is their highest margin right in front of your eyes the stuff that's way down low the competitors are way down low they don't make as much on those so uh look down look up uh next one take advantage of holiday sales of course buy in bulk selectively i think there is something wrong with buying way too far ahead right spending a bunch of money today that you could have spent six months from now is ridiculous and uh beware of the store entrance because that's where they're gonna get you oh yeah yeah. Of course,
3: you need a tiki torch. Not four. just one; you need four of them. Well,
0: if you, who's going to buy one tiki torch? Exactly. Definitely going to buy four of them. I'll link to these. They've got a lot more of these, but I thought those were really some some, some great tips. And we don't focus much here on the show on the uh, grocery store. And man, if you can cut that thirty dollars a week every time you go, that savings adds up. But here's the thing, OG: don't just save the thirty bucks. Take that. Use an app like Tip Yourself, where if you save. If you come in thirty dollars under budget, use the tip yourself app to tip yourself the thirty bucks. Like a lot of people, high five themselves, then they go out, you know, they go out and take an expensive dinner they wouldn't have had, so they right. never really realize that savings. Lock that in by uh, by making sure that money gets gets automatically saved. Our second piece, and this is apparently quirky piece week because I this is quirky too, but really cool. This comes to us from the Moneyish blog. Nicole and Pesci writes this. This photographer tells Moneyish how she carved a niche for herself as New York City City Hall Wedding Whisper. Check this out: Wedding photographers, tons of them all over the place, right? You're trying to break into that market. Not really sure how you you get your voice out there, especially now that you know people don't go to the yellow pages much anymore. You know they look on like how do you find your customer? Well, what this woman did was decided with all the wedding photographers in New York City, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to become the person that, you know, people go to the justice of the peace to get married and they think, you know, I mean, that's just a boring, ugly ceremony. She became good at that, like finding the places in city hall that make great picture taking spots. And she became a city hall wedding photographer and became the one who's known the best as the best as being, you know, like that idea, photographer. And you see this all the time. Like People wonder, they're like, how do I break into X market, whatever it might be, with my side hustle? Well, you know what? Niche down further like this woman does because there's always room, OG, for talented people.
3: Yeah, not a photographer, not a wedding photographer, a wedding photographer who specializes at... City Hall, Justice of the Peace type things.
0: Yeah, or or get to know one or two wedding halls really well. I mean, when I was a disc jockey way back in high school and college, I mean, there were some of these halls that were just some places that were like wedding reception factories. Right. Like, like get good at knowing that one place.
3: Yeah, you can work out a deal with those folks, right? Share some of the revenue or share some of the costs maybe. Uh, have a package deal where it's, They can package your services up with what their main offering is or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, at that note, yeah. Get to know a disc jockey and it's a photographer disc jockey package. Combo deal. Yeah. Maybe that, but not even thinking just photography, thinking other things. Like if you're trying to find a way for your Airbnb to stand out against other people's Airbnb, if you're trying to make extra money on that back bedroom, like what are some things that you can do there to stand out? Like this isn't just, you know, this is about photography, but it really is about thinking a little more deeply about the competition and what they're all focused on and how do i stand out from the competition i think that's a good lesson there for that one uh, i
3: like what you said niche down that's i hadn't heard that before so
0: niche niche down and then uh, the down, yeah. and then the grocery store you don't have to clip coupons to save a lot of money at the grocery store there's some clever tricks in this uh, kiplinger piece that uh, can really help you save some money starting with finding the right grocery store he's one of the hundred most influential advisors according to investopedia this year he also has a fantastic podcast called the retirement answer man podcast where he answers uh, everything from how do we retire to some of the esoteric definitions around retirement. His brand new book is called Rock Retirement, has the best forward ever, OG, written by uh, Joe Saul, uh, somebody or other, who's from some <laughs> podcast I've never heard of. Stacking Benjamins? What's that all about? Roger Whitney, Rock and Retirement, coming down to the basement. and coming down to the basement, Mr. Roger Whitney. What are you doing here, man? I'm sneezing. This is killing my allergies <laughs> down here. All the dust. It is. It's like my
2: grandma's basement.
0: That's like pixie dust, you know? It's magical.
2: Okay, you call it what you want. This
0: is a it's a magical place. Speaking of magical, you're helping people create a magical retirement. How's that for a segue, huh? Uh,
2: that is pretty cool. <laughs> and, helping them uh, rock retirement—that's my theme now, right?
0: Absolutely, rock. Yeah. Do you put up the two fingers like the rock and roll fingers?
2: Yeah, you know? I got a lighter. You right. can't see it, but I'm, it's because I'm trying to see in the basement.
0: The kids these days don't do that anymore. I know that I'm an old guy uh, like you, but the but the the uh, the kids hold up their phones now. There's no more yeah, lighter. But,
2: uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Speaking of phones, there's an analogy I think to kick us off is check out apps today. I mean, there's got to be an analogy there, Roger, around like the way retirement planning used to be and what you're kind of talking about in your book. Oh, totally.
2: I mean, you and I are old enough to remember when we would load a piece of software, we'd go buy a box, this big box that had like three disks in it. They had the box big, so nobody stole it, I guess. Or seven. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we'd go home, and uh, it was, say, a PC game, and it would take like six hours to load the software into the computer.
0: And then you'd spend half of the first evening redoing your configuration of your computer <laughs> so the game would actually play. Remember that?
2: Oh, dude, What as soon as the game was loaded... Then you go to hit start, and all of a sudden, oh, you don't have the right driver for this.
0: Right. <laughs> it was horrible. Right. I always knew when I, bought a, when I bought a video game that the first day was going to be getting the thing to play. The second day was the day we were actually going to have fun.
2: Exactly. And then the game wasn't updated for maybe a couple of years because it, you'd have to go through that same process again. I liken that to how old traditional retirement planning is. It was this huge process that was painful that didn't get you that immediate gratification of actually taking action in your life. And now, and my wife drives me nuts with this. So when I pick up my wife's phone, because I'm going to look at a photo or something, there'll be the app button, you know, the app button on your, your iPhone or smartphone. And it'll say like there's, you know, 400 updates to the apps that she has. So, and it drives me nuts because nowadays with well, the way software is developed is rather than create this big bloated plan you can literally buy and download a game or an app in like 10 seconds and start playing you get that immediate gratification and then the cool thing is the apps update i mean it feels like it's every day so the, as they find out what people need and what wants are they just quickly do an app, an app update and then you've adjusted the game or the plan for retirement planning. And it responds to change a lot quicker. And I think that's a good metaphor for how I think about old retirement planning and the more agile planning that I promote that is more responsive to what's going on in our lives.
0: But if retirement is a long ways away for somebody, why do I need it to be agile if it's going to be 30 years from now, Roger?
2: I think it needs to be agile because what you want today, what your vision of, you know, 20 years from now, that's probably going to change countless times between now and then. So the, the example I always use is I've been married 27 years. How long have you been married, Joe? Uh, 24. All right. I beat you. So so I've been married 27 years to the same woman. But what I tell people is I've been married to like five different ladies. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's a version of that twenty-two-year-old Hottie.
0: And she's been married to five different guys. Totally. Yeah.
2: To that 22-year-old Hottie too. But she's evolved. What she cared about then consistently changes. And if I'm gonna be a good husband or have a good marriage, I have to be agile enough to say, Oh, that she's changing. I can't treat her like that person. I gotta start treating her like who she's becoming. And I think that's the key, is even if you're thirty years out. You need to have your bearings so as you change what you care about in life, you can adjust how you're managing your finances and your life accordingly. Otherwise, you're going to end up getting really off track.
0: Yeah. And you talk a lot about this, about planning big, right? People don't plan big enough. And it sounds to me like you need to plan big mostly to get yourself motivated, but everything's going to change over time.
2: Yeah. The hard part when you're planning for the future is it's the future, right? And It's so far away. It doesn't even really feel real. I mean, I'm 50 and
0: you got a Casey Stengel quote about that in here. Oh, where is it? I don't even remember what it is. What is it?
2: We're looking at the book here. I got
0: so many quotes in there. I'm trying to find. Here it is. Making predictions is really hard, especially about the future. Casey Stengel, (laughs) baseball manager, (laughs) which which is exactly what you're talking about.
2: And that's why a lot of people don't plan, even 50-year-olds and boomers, because it's so far in the future and it's so complicated, they just get bogged down and so they forget about it. But I think you need to cast a vision for your life, but then you need to come back, zoom back in or out, and say, okay, what do I do in the next quarter to take action to start walking that direction? So it's this constant zooming out to the future and then coming back to reality. Okay, what's the next step I should take? And identifying what those are. And that gives you the power to be able to adjust as you change where you're zooming out long long term.
0: And it's funny. Some of the steps people think that you should take are not steps that you take. I'm going to read from late in your book. Using a risk tolerance questionnaire to determine how to allocate your assets is ridiculous and won't help you rock retirement. That's going to surprise a lot of people. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah, And we've all taken those six or seven questions, right? Yeah, right. Right. So I can explain why, if you want. Is that why it, you brought it up? It, but, okay, yes, let's go for
0: absolutely. It. Let's do it.
2: Okay, so a risk tolerance questionnaire is going to ask you basic questions like how long, you know, what's your investment time frame? Are you a aggressive investor? Or are these very arbitrary numbers? And what ends up happening is it scores that risk questionnaire. They put it into a computer and it spits out a pie chart. And the goal of that risk questionnaire is to determine what your maximum risk tolerance is, how much risk you can tolerate, So it can position a portfolio to maximize the return for that given level of risk, right? That's basic asset allocation. So it's trying to maximize return potential for the kind of risk you're comfortable taking. Here's part of the problems with that. Let me say that another way. If I asked you, Joe, how many punches in the face you could take for me, uh, it might be three. You could probably handle three. I'm not that, that strong of a guy. Well, if just because you could tolerate three punches in the face doesn't mean you want to position yourself to experience it. That is saying the exact same thing, it's just switching it around. So, assuming a risk tolerance questionnaire actually is accurate in determining what you can tolerate, your net maximum tolerance for volatility pain, assuming that's correct, then if you use it, it's going to position your portfolio to pretty much assure you that at some point you're going to experience that maximum tolerance of risk. Why would you do that, right? Secondly, it has nothing to do with what I like, and it's a Tim Ferriss quote, minimum effective dose, right? I like the idea of minimum effective dose of doing things. So if you take medicine, you take the minimum effective dose to get what you need from the medicine, right? Well, if you're going to take investment risk, which is uncertainty, uncertainty, emotional trauma during bad markets. Why not focus on how do I determine the minimum effective dose of risk to help me work towards the life that I've defined? Yeah. You can choose to take more risk if you want, but that's a conscious decision, not some arbitrary decision.
0: I like that because it changes the argument, right? Instead of how much risk can I take to what risk do I need to take? And then I think it's okay to ask yourself the question, Am I capable of withstanding this amount of risk that I need to take? And if the answer is no, well, then I have to plan other.
2: Yeah, then you have other. It's a negotiation. If you're not able to take the risk, that minimum effective dose, then something else has to give. And that could be that means you're going to have to work longer or that means you're going to save more or you're going to live on less. And all those are okay decisions, but at least you get to make them.
0: And you point out early in your book that, uh, you know, people start off sometimes excited with financial planning and they sit through this this long, grueling process with a financial planner only to find out that all their options suck.
2: Yeah. And I, I used to teach the retirement planning segment for the CFP curriculum at the University of Texas Arlington. And I call it the savings gap trap because if you understand how financial planning evolved, it evolved from a saving and investing mentality. And that worked for our parents because they had pensions, they were living shorter lives, and they weren't near as active as modern retirees are. But for us, baby boomers, here's the problem is the process defines, okay, what is it you want to accomplish? What income sources and what investments do you have? They run the calculations and they say whether you're going to make it or not. Most of the time, it's not. That's why people say we have a retirement crisis. But the, unfortunately, because planning comes from an investment background, almost all financial planning gives you these options. Well, because the numbers aren't going to work, you either have to work longer, live on less, or save a lot more. Those are three really sucky decisions, right? right. You know, Save more means having less of, a, of assets to take that trip with your family or create memories or work less working longer is working longer and living on less means you're not, you know, if I say, Joe, when you retire, you're going to have to live on a lot less. Does that excite you about planning?
0: Uh, no. Yeah. How do I, how do I figure out how to, how to just barely squeak by? Oh yeah. That's exciting.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's understandable why we get disengaged and the reason I think it's set up that way, and it's not intentional. There's no nefarious, I think, intent. It's just that if retirement is simply a math equation, then we're screwed. Because, you know, if you're a 60-year-old, do you have a 50-50 chance of living past 90. So it may make math sense, that approach, but it doesn't really make human sense.
0: Yeah, nobody's going to want to be in that plan. Nobody wants to create that plan. Nobody wants to be involved with that plan. I mean, throw it away.
2: And unfortunately, people are making decisions from that paradigm about right. their life.
0: Well, you have instead, I want to turn the tables here. You instead have this spaghetti theory of, of planning. I think this is really cool. And I think if people kind of re-envision their retirement plan like like a big bowl of pasta, <laughs> which is so Roger Whitney, by the way, uh, you left, uh, you're going you to you do a better job. Explain this, explain this.
2: Well, I think when you're thinking about what you want for the future, I think first is you need to think really big, right? That seems passe. I'll tell you, people have a hard time doing that because all the messaging about what the future holds is pretty depressing when it comes to retirement. So when you're thinking about what you want your life to look like, I think of like a bowl of pasta, right? You want to make sure you divide the parts up to determine the layers of life. So, the you know, if you think of a, a bowl of pasta, you have the noodles, the actual pasta. That's going to be your basic needs. What is it to live the life of Joe that, you know, it's a decent life. You can go out to eat once in a while. You pay the bills, utilities, mortgage, healthcare. What's that baseline to live the life of Joe where it's a good life, but it may not be awesome yet, right? So you want to define it starting with the pasta. What pasta, what does my pasta look like? And then you need to add the sauce. Right. So the sauce is, you know, maybe Joe wants to go do marathons in different countries once a year or wants to buy some crazy game that he can't afford typically or he wouldn't pay the money on. You want to have something that spices up that pasta dish and you want to define those individually. And I'll explain why in a minute. And then once you've defined what that spice of life is, then you need to put in, well, the actual spices. You got the pasta. You got the sauce. Now you want to add some really deep flavor to it, which is going to be there's more aspirational things. What would be an aspirational thing for you, Joe?
0: It's funny because I was about to ask you that same question. You know, I just, I just listened to this podcast about hiking around Mont Blanc. You hike France, Switzerland, And, uh, Italy, you stay in hotels every night. There's no massive backpack, um, you end the day in a city. So they're just day hikes of eight to 12 miles every day. So top notch food, fantastic scenery, active lifestyle. That's my current aspirational thing.
2: Imagine the selfies as you hike around Mont Blanc, holding up your Mont Blanc. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be a cheesy tourist then, would you? No, not at all. I bet nobody's ever thought of that one. Right. Uh, but that you want to add the spice of those type of things, and the reason I think you want to do it in these three layers is, or uh, some tips of how to do it is first you don't want to blend them all together. You want to categorize them like that trip. You want to have that specific trip categorized.
0: You want to know those separate those separate yeah. things, yeah.
2: And the reason is you want to build it. You almost want to start your planning where you're building something that's not going to be possible. And it's funny because as I go through this process with people it sort of sucks because I'm intentionally building it so it won't work, but it's a rough meeting. And I try to say, I give them a little disclaimer now because it, I didn't a couple of times and then people were sort of depressed because they dream so big. But the reason you want to set it up so it doesn't work is because that gets you to pri- Now it's a negotiation of you get to prioritize which ones are really important. So hopefully at the end of it, you get a workable solution that is focused on things they actually care about.
0: I love this too, because just the basic pasta, one of the biggest ahas I had as a financial planner was when uh, somebody said, Joe, what does it, what does it cost you to just turn on the lights every day? Like, just what does it cost for you to just show up in life? What does that cost? And man, once I knew that I needed to know that number and, and you need to know that number. Once I knew that I needed to know that number, like that was really cool. But then if I can add, the Mont Blanc trip to that, right? Or add something else to that or upgrade the, I don't know, go with colored lighting, whatever the, (laughs) whatever the analogy is. Like now you're, you're right. Your brain starts working on, okay, how do I achieve this extra?
2: Yeah. And if you're married, here's a, here's an important tip. If you're married, it's important that you do it separately first. Oh, you, uh, I was talking to a couple the other day and what they did is they both got different color stickies and they went off, And they just brainstormed what they thought they wanted the next 20 years to look like from that pasta framework. And then they came back, switched stickies and reviewed the other ones off by themselves again and then came together and put them all together. Because what ends up happening a lot of times is – and I've seen this when I'm working with couples and I bet you did – is usually there's one that's more in charge of the money than the other, just delegation of duties. Right. It's very important that both people get their voice out. And it's that's a really good way. And uh, there have been a lot of surprises in, wow, I didn't know you wanted that. And they were comfortable putting it on a sticky where they weren't comfortable verbalizing it in a meeting.
0: That's that's so cool. The book is Rock Retirement. It is the best forward ever. (laughs) This book has a phenomenal forward by this guy, Joe Saul Sahi. Uh, something like that. I don't know if I can pronounce it. Uh, where do people find the book, Roger?
2: Uh, RogerWhitney.com. We'll have the book page up by the time this is launched. The book comes out in March, but the Kindle version is available today.
0: Awesome. And you have been nice enough that uh, 10 people listening to this are going to score a free one.
2: Yeah, so I have a lot of books in my house because I bought them all at once.
0: I saw I saw the video. Maybe we'll put the video on the show notes. We'll have Richie put the video on the show ah. notes of you unboxing that, if you don't mind.
2: The delivery lady was awesome.
0: She got the Thank first one. That was, that was so cool. <laughs> but
2: if you go to rogerwhitney.com forward slash stacker and enter your email, we'll select people just at random. You don't have to be first. We'll select them at random. Uh, and send out a book free with shipping and everything.
0: Awesome, And that's rogerwhitney.com forward slash stacker to score, hopefully, maybe a free book. That's great. Thanks for playing, Roger. Thanks for hanging out.
2: All right, let me get out of here, man, because my nose is running like crazy.
1: (laughs) Stop picking on my basement.
2: Okay, I'll go pick my nose. (laughs)
1: Hey trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug. I always love it when Roger Whitney comes down to the basement. Because man, if we had that guy's talent, this show might actually find a third listener. But to impress both of you, let's jump straight to the trivia. Here's today's thrilling question. Who wrote the foreword to Roger Whitney's book, Rock Retirement? Oh, for God's sakes, Joe. Are you kidding me? You want me to ask that? This is what you want me to send out to my trivia fans. All right, folks. Sorry about that. Just some uh, uh, technical difficulties, technical difficulties. Here's some real Doug approved trivia. Most people know the average age people retire is anywhere between 62 and 66. But do you know the average retirement age of players in the National Football League? I'll be back with your answer right after this.
0: raise your hand. Do you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump? Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clements from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money if you find yourself financing a car.
2: If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I I think it's a very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. Uh, Chances are high that the dealer will beat it. But if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal.
0: Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks. And guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use magnifymoney.com to always find best-in-class stuff. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Money. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Money. Here's a question. What's keeping you away from investing in real estate? Well, Over my career, I repeatedly hear that time, you know, the time it takes to find renters, property managers, and to fix problems and stress. What if you don't find a good property manager? What if you don't find a renter? Those are two of the biggest factors keeping people away from investing in real estate. We talked to Gary Beasley, CEO of Roofstock, about how the team at Roofstock are helping you take back a good night's sleep. We go to each market
2: and we find managers who have the most experience, the right technology for accounting and reporting, have good customer service ratings, and we certify the best two or three and work with them on our marketplace.
0: How's that for an advantage? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier than ever to buy, sell, and own tenant-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country. You own the house, but Roofstock handles as much or as little of the headache-inducing issues that you've come to expect with renting But that doesn't have to happen if you partner with the right team. Best of all, Roofstock Certified Properties are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Check them out at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock.
1: Welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug with today's thrilling trivia answer. Here was the question. What is the average retirement age of players in the National Football League? And the answer? I hope pro football players save lots of that big salary because the average player leaves the league by age 30. Now if we can find a stat for pro trivia announcers, I'll bet that's 100. See ya!
0: You weren't off by much.
3: Well, in the grand scheme of things, I was off by quite a bit, actually, percentage-wise. <laughs> yeah, percentage I said 27, and 30 and 27 when you start at 22 is... Uh,
0: you ever with, uh, you work with any pro football players?
3: Uh, on occasion, yep.
0: Mm-hmm. I worked with one, and getting through... Pro uh,
3: athletes, I'll qualify it. Yes,
0: I, I worked with only one in my career, and getting through his head that uh, this wasn't going to last all that long... Mm -hmm. Um, incredibly difficult.
3: I like the stories that you hear about players. The one that comes to mind is Rob Gronkowski. And I know there's hundreds of others, but not thousands of the players who say, I'm just going to live on my, you know, whatever endorsement earnings. And I'm taking all my league pay. And that's all going in the, that's all going in the, in the uh, investment account. Jay Leno does the same thing, right? Jay Leno said, he built his life around the lower of his two jobs. He always had two jobs. When he was a car salesman, and a struggling stand-up comedian, he lived on his comedian income. And then when he started getting really good at being a comedian, he lived on it, the lower of the two, which was his car salesman stuff. And then when he started hosting The Tonight Show, of course he had this huge contract, but he still did, you know, he stand-up on the side. He lived on the stand-up, and he lived on the stand-up. And now he's got Jay's Garage or Leno's Garage or whatever. He's got that show and still does stand up. He lives on the lower of the two. And so he's always saved the greater of the two incomes, which I thought was... Really, quite fantastic, and you see some of these players that do that, and then you see the ones that don't.
0: Well, and, and look at all the things that uh, you know, guys like Rob Gronkowski and Jay Leno can do now, right? I mean, to to Roger Whitney's point when he talks about dreaming big, I, I love his pasta analogy. The I love um, pasta, so that helps. I know. I'm so
3: when using an analogy. Quite often, make it resonate with your audience. Like, I think that's what pasta.
0: he did. He's like, hmm, going to talk to Joe? Let's talk about pasta. I'm like, I'm listening. Mm. Now, if it were hot dogs, chili dogs, that would have been even better. <laughs> or, or, or donuts. Mm, could go for that. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, OG, and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they've been spearheading innovation within the life insurance industry by focusing on what you value most, your family your family. And your time. I forgot to ask you if those are the two things you value most today.
3: Definitely family and time. You got it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why when they thought through the process, they created a high quality and most importantly affordable term life insurance policy issued by Mass Mutual. This is how they spearhead innovation. You can buy it entirely online. Don't think you can buy policies online. There's actually some online places say you can't buy policies online. You can buy the policy completely online no need to wait several weeks for a decision when you can get one bam instantly with haven life and to stack i don't know where that bam came from at forward slash haven life now to get a free quote learn about life insurance the modern way and today we're talking to our new friend john say hello john
3: hey joe and og this is john i'm hoping you guys can help me out with the question i'm having regarding my investments in GE stock so I bought some GE stocks a few months ago when the share was trading at around 24.50, but now it seems like a freaking downhill snowball effect. My question is, should I sell the stock and take the loss, but at least invest the rest of the money somewhere else? Or should I stick to it despite all the news that's out there on dividend cuts, poor management, etc.? Thanks for the input and keep stacking.
0: Awesome. Love that question. Thanks for the question. So GE stock, not looking all that great lately. Lots of negative news. Should he sell it or uh, or stick with it?
3: Well, I'm not too sure about GE in particular, but I think you've identified a very specific issue with single stock ownership, right? Which is all of your wealth is tied up into the ebbs and flows of that one company, whether or not they're changing management, being successful, all that sort of stuff. And that's why we like the diversification of an asset class based mutual fund or index fund. And so what you could do in this regard, if this is in a taxable account, just a regular brokerage account, you've got a capital loss now, right? So what you can do if you wanted, is you could sell the stock to realize your loss, but then take that money and immediately reinvest it in an ETF or a mutual fund. So your money's not out of the market. It's still invested. But you get to realize that capital loss. If you're really specific about General Electric or more specifically that industry, another strategy, again, if it's within that taxable account, sell the GE stock and buy a competitor with the proceeds. You're buying the same industry, but you're realizing the capital loss. You can rebuy General Electric again 30 days later in order to realize that loss. But this is... I think goes beyond the, should I keep the dog or not? It's why would we own individual stocks when we can have the diversification of a mutual fund or an ETF?
0: Well, and I also think people do this all the time, whether it's an individual stock, an exchange-traded fund, a mutual fund. With any investment, a lot of the time when we're losing money, we say, is this thing going to come back or should I move it to something else? And part of that is faulty analysis, Og. The part of where the stock's already been, we can't do anything about that. It's it's don't don't analyze where the stock's been. Analyze going forward because a dollar today is all I have. Right, I don't have anything but the dollar today. So if right. it used to be two dollars and it's a dollar now, it's faulty analysis to say I'm going to wait till it gets back to two dollars then diversify. That's horrible. Look at the dollar th- that you have right now. I'd say if he's going to stick with individual stocks. You know, you have to start off with, when you buy an individual stock, with a game plan. I look at any manager who does a good job of picking individual stocks. And those people always have a set of criteria that they follow. So maybe they look at the management team first. Maybe they look at the news second. Usually they don't start with that. They look at the more fundamental things, right? How is GE compared to its competitors, like you're talking about? So I might look at the P ratio. I might look at free cash flow. I'll take a look at some of the technical indicators. You know, people look at the MACD, the stochastic, Uh, Some of those indicators. And if you don't know what I'm talking about there, those are...
3: Maybe individual stock investing won't be for you then.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So for me, obviously, we can't give you a recommendation on... I've
3: I've got a a far more bullish option also, which is buy more now that it's gone down, right? If you bought it at 24 and it's at... But I'm not going to do...
0: I'm not going to do that... If my analysis Oh no, says, no, no, no,
3: absolutely. If your analysis says it's gonna it sucks, then yeah. it sucks.
0: Yeah. I mean if, well, the, um, if I mean, some of this news about bad decision making, if the top of your analysis is the management team and you don't believe in the management team, you don't want to buy more. Right. Right. But as an example, I know people well, talking to Jamie Wise at the Buzz Index, you know, when he was talking about Disney leaving the Buzz Index and then Disney coming back into the buzz index after it went down some. You know, clearly there's a bunch of people online that think Disney's a good company and liked owning Disney. And uh, when Disney stock went down, the company was still, in those people's mind, it was still the great company they thought about before. So then they doubled down. That might be an example. And not to say, you know, Disney's good or bad. I'm just...
3: Using it as an example. Using
0: right. it as an example. Yeah. Yeah. We really don't want to uh, get in the business of, um, and we won't get in the business of making individual stock recommendations. And
3: so we could do it. We yes. probably won't be very successful it, doing
0: it. It would but, be yeah. a ton of fun. But here's what's going to happen. And I think this is good planning. And you and I have both said this before, which is, think that the worst thing's going to happen. And this is actually good for John also. You know, which one makes you more upset? even getting around the analysis that we talked about would it make you more upset if GE stock which is trading as we tape this uh about $17.85 if it went down to 12 and you were still in it or it went up to 22 and you had sold which one makes you emotionally um it, and it's funny because everybody I'd asked that question to and I was a financial planner would say oh it's obvious and the answers <laughs> the answers yeah. were always split 50-50 Right. It's it's obvious to you, not not obvious to me. So on an emotional level, it sounds like he wants to sell it. I mean, that's sounds what I like That's what I'm just hearing in his voice. So yeah. Great question. Thanks for that question. We also Doug just brought down the mail, OG. I got an awesome letter today, OG, from our new friend Zach. Zach says, What's up, Joe and the original gangster? I'm a big fan of y'all's show. So much so, get this. You listening? Yeah, I'm listening. That I play it over my Bose speaker system at my work for all my younger coworkers to hear. At first, they thought it was annoying. Why would you think that we're annoying? Maybe they think that uh, that Zach playing uh, a financial podcast at full blast is annoying. But now it has sparked a lot of conversation about saving money for retirement and planning financially for the future in general. The advice you guys and your guests are giving is awesome and is really making a positive difference in the lives of those that are listening. And it's greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work. I can't believe Zach plays us at work. How about that? Pretty cool. <laughs> is
3: it? I play it at work, too.
0: Awesome. Yeah, but you, but you and I work from home. so Well, there's that. Yeah, we play it really loud. Oh, listen to me. I was really funny there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is where OG's I,
3: not, I say that to myself.
0: <laughs> this is where OG's not nearly as funny as I was. Thanks for that, Zach. If you've got a question or comment for the show, you know what you do? Head to stackybenjamins.com and at the top of the page, you'll see questions for the show. Click that link and that will take you to the Haven Lifeline and also to a place where you can write us a letter. Uh, coming up on Friday. Oh, we got a good one. Chris Costello from Bloom. You know, Bloom with three O's. Those crazy mm-hmm. people that uh, help people manage their 401k better. 403 B better chris costello is going to join paula pant and i on the round table and if you are looking for a great gift for the holidays uh, tanya van court runs a company called goal setter and it's a great way to get kids interested in investing and in planning and if they're not your kids it's easy to give it as a gift too to somebody else's kids so we'll hear all about goal setter also on friday great show coming up go stack and benjamins everybody so kids, gather round and let pulchritudinous
1: neighbor Doug take it from here. What should you have learned today? Well, besides the meeting of pulchritudinous, first, let's take some advice from Roger Whitney. Plan using the pasta approach so you'll push yourself to create a bigger retirement than you ever hoped for. Second, your side hustle not paying off? Dig into it a little deeper and maybe... Like the New York City Hall wedding photographer expert, you'll find a whole lot of gold at the end of your side hustle rainbow. But the big lesson, don't trust Joe's mom to wash your jeans before your big night at the Sizzler. She washed them in hot water and now they've shrunk so far that, hey, I look pretty awesome in these jeans. Man, I'm sexy. Better not drop anything on the floor though. Pretty sure I won't be able to bend over far enough to pick it up. Special thanks to Roger Whitney for stopping by. You'll find the Retirement Answer Man podcast wherever you're listening to this show. And Roger's book, as Roger explained, head to rogerwhitney.com slash stacker and maybe you can score a free copy of his new Rock Retirement. When you're done messing around with us, who do you want to teach you some money tricks? That nerd who talks over your head or your favorite basement-based geeks? Kathleen Selmans operates our Stacking Benjamins classroom and to make up for the fact that we don't teach you anything here on the show, she's created a whole lot of tools you'll absolutely love. Head to learn.stackingbenjamins.com for details and use coupon code Rocks for 10% off. Yeah, you're welcome. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter reese and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if you could only know what it really smells like down here. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
0: Do you know what drives me crazy? This group of people that we run with in the summer
3: Running
0: drives me crazy. In the, that's a lot of people in the summer in Texas, getting up to run at 5am makes a bunch of sense because if you want it to be somewhat,
3: not a hundred.
0: Yes. I was going to say like somewhat 87,
3: cool. Right? right? It's 87 right. and dark.
0: Right. It's not even cool, but it's at least kind of tolerable. You got to get up at 5am to run. But then the winter in Texarkana, humidity goes away, right? The humidity now, which, which was hundred percent now is gone. And it's nice and chilly. Why does our running group still wake up at five am on a on a Saturday morning? I don't get it. I don't I don't sounds get like
3: it. you need a new uh, hobby. You know what I do on Saturday mornings is generally sleep until my children drive me too much crazy. I can always tell when it's time to get up because Mrs. O.G. will come and open the bedroom door. She'll never wake me up, but she'll come in the bedroom and, like, leave the door open. Like, oh, oh, sorry. Did I leave the door open?
0: Oh, I guess it's time to get up, you lazy son of a.
3: (laughs) Uh,
0: That's funny. Yeah. It's
3: already 830. What are you doing in bed?
0: Hey, you saw a movie, O.G. Let's talk about that.
3: Yes, I saw Daddy's Home,
0: Numero Dos.
3: We got a big surprise.
0: A trampoline? Another pony? Fake IDs?
3: It's even better. This year, no more back and forth at Christmas. We're not doing the back and forth Nope, thing. I just said that. Yay! A together Christmas like a normal family! A together Christmas!
1: A... Hello? Grandpa Kurt? My dad is going to scoff at everything we do. Your father hasn't met the new of all Dusty. I mean, who wouldn't be impressed with you? Yeah. Oh, dear God. He's going to come off weird Dusty, but he's beautiful.
0: Why don't you bring the car around? I'm not the driver. I'm Brad. Stepdad. My dad's coming, coming too.
3: Dad? That sweater. He Dad. wears a red sweater so I can see him in a
1: crowd. There's <laughs> my big <laughs> man. Oh. <laughs>
2: so this "co-dads" thing—you gotta ask another man's permission to see your
3: own kids. Everything is rock solid between me and Brad here. In fact, best friends. Really?
1: <laughs> Brad. Thank you. Stop it. I'm good. Because 'Cause we're boys.
3: I don't get the whole girl's thing.
1: Here's the game plan. You want to be that one that she tells you about all of her problems with the guys she's actually dating? It's called the friend zone. No, no, no.
3: It's the worst advice anyone could give you. You want to be like Brad and be in the friend zone? You want to be like Dad and get in the end zone? Oh, gosh. Piercing eyes. (laughs) You want to be like Dad and get in the end zone? (laughs) So you heard the voices there. uh, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. Mel Gibson. uh, John Lithgow is the funny old grandpa and then uh, Mel Gibson funny movie. Not as funny as the first. You get a lot of the funny stuff out in the previews.
0: Oh, good. Get that uh, out of the way. Cause you don't need, you don't need that when you're sitting through a two hour movie.
3: Yeah. It's only an hour and 30 minutes. Good. Which ought to tell you everything you need to know about that. Some funny parts. John Cena makes a cameo later. Basically the premise of it is, is that, uh, they decide that the back and forth at Christmas isn't going to work, you know, going to this family's house and this, you know, moving the kids. So they said, we're going to do it all at one place. And the kids are love that idea. And then the grandpa show up and Mel Gibson. All he's doing is he's he's lobbing hand grenades in the foxhole like, huh? So you need another man's permission to see your kids then,
0: huh? I saw that he's Mr. Manly Man. He is. Totally, and John and, Lithgow's uh, Mister Happy just
3: keeps fe- on poking the bear, like eat both sides of the equation. Mm-hmm. He'll 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 just kind of, anyway. So there's a little twist in the story that happens about three quarters of the way through, and then it ends. It's like they ran out of material and went, <laughs> "We should end the movie now.
0: Let's just stop here.
3: Stop here. Oh, hour thirty, and cut." Fine popcorn movie. Make it a early matinee so it's six bucks and not uh, the eleven, and you will not be disappointed.
0: Or use your movie pass. Or use
3: your movie pass.
0: And then and then go when it
3: is eleven dollars to really stick to the movie pass people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, funny. Wait for it to come out on DVD.
0: Yeah, uh, that's what it sounds like. Or Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Thumb sideways. Sounds like.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah. To forty percent still good ones coming though for the
0: rest of the year there's too many good ones it's too it's beyond frustrating how many great movies they are uh this coming weekend we just got that three billboards movie with uh francis mcdermott and woody harrelson gonna go see that
3: that one looks pretty good
0: yeah that should be fun i want to see coco i've heard that pixar movie coco is really good it's fantastic so anyway great stuff thanks for sharing sharing us karen